All right, go ahead and have a seat there. And thank you so much. My arms are full. Let me do this real quick. All right. Now, I'm going to stay on my notes this morning. If you want to turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 107. Uh, It sounds like we're about to have a song service in here. Uh, Psalms 107. And uh, we're, we're just going to cover that today. It's 43 simple, quick verses. Yeah, you think we pull that off? So let me set up a preface for there. There's three things I want you to remember. Uh, I want you to remember it all, but there's three key things I want you to remember. And there's four stories that we're going to go through here. And uh, this morning, I was telling someone this morning already that uh, three weeks ago, God started working on this in my heart, and I thought, Man, this is good, and the more I got into it, the better it got. And um, I'm sorry, I've got to stick with my notes. And uh, I'm going to move fairly quickly through it. But I want this to, uh, I absolutely believe this is a message for now. And it's for for us all. You're going to find yourself in one of these stories. Uh, But also, one of the things that we're going to discover is, is what is God saying to you, and I want you to hear that loud and clearly. Um, So as we study this chapter, there's three things I do want you to remember, and one of them, you know, you stole my thunder. Thank you, worship team uh, and and Mark, and uh, we have have praise to give. We have praise to give. That's, That's one thing that I want you to remember. We always have praise to give. Uh, so in Psalms 107, verse 1, it says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It sounds like, I know it's the first time you heard that today. Uh, so I thought I'd bring it. Uh, it's not happening, is it? It's already here. Uh, so it, I love it when worship, uh, you know, prophetically establishes the word of God and sets the stage, Right? It's, it's how we know God's working and God is establishing himself. And so if you're here this morning, which uh, if you don't know you're here, I just want to let you know you're here, okay? Here you are. And uh, as, as we engage this morning, you listen to this, I want you to know that no matter what the story is, what the situation is, that you have praise to give. Uh, sometimes it can be uh, so chaotic, so crazy, and so consistently bad that we forget that we have a praise to give. Uh, this thought is so important uh, that the writer even closes this whole chapter in verse 43, and he says this, Let the one who is wise, and I just want to see who the smartest person in the room is. Okay, so the, let the one who is wise... Heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. To ponder means to keep and preserve, to observe and tend to like a garden or a house or a yard. It means to nurture this reason to praise God. Nurture the stories that you have in your heart. Because right now it's possible that something is telling you a whole different story. But you need to nurture those stories of the Lord in your heart, to ponder on them. And if if you're that person, 
you're the smartest guy in the room. He's, he's saying if you're the smartest person in the room, you'll listen up, you'll ponder and dwell on the loving deeds of the Lord and this, this idea to give thanks to the Lord. Any experienced believer in, in, in Christ has an innate uh, compulsion Compulsive behavior that urges one to praise and give thanks to God. And to the world, it seems like it's a disorder for people to raise their hands and people to bow their head and people to kneel down before the Lord when it's time to give thanks to Him. But in God's experience, it is a call to order that everything would bow to Him and every force against us would submit to the name of Jesus Christ. To the world, it's disorder. To God's kingdom, it is the order. And we submit to him. We glorify his name. And I will give him thanks. And uh, I've, I, I have so many memories, and that's what I, we'll just call them memories right now. But you have memories. And those memories evokes praise from you. Right? Memories in a Christian realm are stories that we have that evokes praise. That, that reminds me of, of when I was a little kid and, and I had, we went out to eat dinner and I had all these little blotches all over my body. It looked like I had a million mosquito bites. And, and uh, I, I itched and everything was going crazy and my mom took me to the doctor and found out I'm allergic to everything like air. I mean, it, it was, it's, it's just like it was the worst condition. And the doctor said, you're going to have to take shots every day of your life. Here, she brought a guy in. Here's how you give yourself a shot. And my mom said, that is not going to happen to you. That's not going to happen to my son. And that next Sunday, she annoyed the pastor to ask for him to pray for me. He did. He did. I think it was his off day. <laughs> because he's like, ah, you know, got the oil. And it's like, it's, it's, it's appeased this woman. But what happened is I never had that again. I was healed that day. I mean, I'm a little guy, and I have a memory that evokes praise out of me because my God is real, and I have stories in my mind and in my heart that God reminds me often of his goodness, and I want to praise him. I, I think often as a teenager, uh, I was... I was uh, just seeking God. I didn't know how to seek God. It, uh, I, I, I was a ninth grader. I, I'd wanted more of God. I knew that. And he dropped Psalms uh, 1 in my heart. I was reading it. And it says, Blessed is the one who's not walking the uh, steps of the wicked and sit in the seat of those. I, I better get closer to the scripture here. <laughs> Take a seat in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And then it goes on to say, and he will be like a tree planted by many waters and its, its leaves will never wither and its fruit will always, he will always bear fruit and everything he does is prosperous. I'm going, I don't like that. I want that. I pursued God out of that simple little truth, that revelation that got in my heart. It became a memory for me. And here I am a few, not hundred years later, but I'm, I'm, it's a few years later, 
that I'm still going, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for dropping that into my spirit. And it kept me going, seek the Lord day and night and pursue him. And, and now I get to live in, in praise of what he's done for me because I pursued him. I knew him. Tithing. Man, I've got so many stories about tithing and giving and, and, and sharing my faith with other people. This last few years, I've had so many interesting people. I mean, I pastored for 36 years. And sorry my wife can't be here, but we chased grandkids all weekend. And you know, some of you know what that's like. And I, and, and I went probably to one, of the most, uh, one of the most fantastic games I've ever seen in my life. My granddaughter's 10 years old, and if you've ever been to a volleyball game, I scream there as louder than I scream here. So it, it, I'm the obnoxious grandparent in the crowd. <clears throat> but uh, I, I, I have the privilege to work with, in a place. Someone asked if I would consider working with them at a healthcare facility, and I get to meet people who are average age of 85. And, and I told my wife, I said, you better look out because I'm – you know, I'm the pool boy at this place. Uh, so I, I, I get to meet these people. I, I got to meet, you know, one of the guys that I met is, okay, I'm not the pool boy at this place. <laughs> but I'm feeling young there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> no, man, and I just snorted. <laughs> But, but I'm, I'm, I met a key prosecutor for the Watergate scandal. I, I've met, uh, I, I met a guy who was the ATF director when the Davidian compound, he, he kind of led the charge on that. Uh, I was talking to him. I get to talk to these guys every day. I, I talk to at least six people a day in their 80s and 90s and get to hear their story. And this one particular guy I, I was talking to, he was... He was an Air Force commander uh, over, Navy, over Air Force Base, and he started telling me the story. And his wife was, they were both about 94 years old. And he says, yeah, I was roommate with Neil Armstrong. I, I'm a washed out, uh, I'm a washed out, uh, whatever those guys fly in space do. Yeah, an astronaut, see? <laughs> Just because I hang out with these people don't mean I'm losing that here. <laughs> So he, he was he was a roommate for with Neil Armstrong, uh, uh, Apollo Eleven. He knows all those guys. His wife goes, "Yep, that's right." And she would tell me stories about them. It's like this is amazing because I hear these stories and it's kind of like I want to hear more of this. I want to, you know, I I I get this. But just one guy I got to talk to. He just said, uh, "I said, what did you do for a living?" He told me, and I said, "Were you ever?" One of my questions: Were you ever in the military? He goes, oh yeah. I was in the Merchant Marines. With, you don't know what the Merchant Marines in World War II, they served all over the Pacific uh, bringing supplies. And a lot of the men on those merchant ships were guys who were like colorblind or had issues that wouldn't allow them to be in the military. And so this is the way they served. And actually, uh, the Merchant Marines had more casualties than any other force in World War II. Uh, you don't know, but that's the... Enemy loves to sink a supply ship. And I was talking to the guy, and I said, 
Well, my dad, he said, I remember, he just got to start telling, I remember we were leaving the Philippines. It's at the end of the war. We were headed to Japan, and a huge typhoon hit. And I go, wait a minute. My, my dad was in Philippines, and they were going to attack Japan, and he was on the first uh, crew, the first soldiers to enter in into Japan to invade it. They ended up occupying it. And he goes, I probably watched your dad watch out, walk off that ship. And I go, wow. Now his story became my story. And I started telling my kids, you know, did you know your granddad told the story? And just a month ago, there was another guy I was talking, have you ever been in the military? He goes, yeah, I was in the Navy. And I, he, I said, so where did, you know, were you in the Pacific? He goes, yeah. He goes, man, there was a terrible storm I was in. I go, really? His ship took my dad to Japan. And the story just gets better. It's like, wow. And I know, I know this is not your story, but man, my story keeps getting better. And God wants to say, hey, I, I'm not done with your story. I'm not done writing. Matter of fact, you probably forgot more than what God has done for you. But it's not time to stop getting stories. You're not finished getting stories in your life. And I believe today is, is God wanting to institute a new story in you to establish a new truth in your life. But here's something I noticed something. I got so good at collecting everybody else's story that I was forgetting my own. I began to ask God to restore the memories of His goodness and His power in my life. I've been asking for new stories that are active realities of God in my life today, in this present time. I need new stories. I want new stories, and so should you. It's possible to attend church over and over without recalling your memories, stories that evokes praise. It's possible that we stop experiencing praiseworthy episodes in our life. Not because, listen, please listen to this. It's not because God is no longer performing them, but that we don't recognize the hand of God in our life anymore. We don't see the profound ways that God is doing things. We stop collecting the stories, and we stop becoming a spiritual food critic and give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. and We don't even know God's showing up all the time. And when you're going in your critical situation, God is saying, I was there the whole time. I actually took you on the ship that got you there. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So here's what I think we need to do. Pray for recognition and spiritual awareness of God interacting in our life. Pray for a reminder of what was a prominent victory, a miraculous occurrence, a desperate situation that changed for you. And there is no greater explanation than God showed up. Ask God for new stories, stories that evoke praise. That's something I hope to happen today in our hearts. My grandson, I chased him down in Austin a couple weeks ago, took him to a store, and a guy came up, and a store employee gave him a quarter. And he says, let me show you where the gum machine is. 
He took him over there. He cranked it over. This huge gumball fell out of that. And my grandson, now you, you got to think of, because I know some of you are grandparents in here, and you're kind of like going, what do you say? What do you say to the storekeeper, you know? What, what do you say to him? And I couldn't get him. He goes, this is the biggest gumball I've ever had. I mean, this is the best gumball ever. You know, he was on and on and on about the gumball. He was design, He was talking about it. He was trying to give it size. He was trying to estimate what it's going to taste like. He was all about the gumball. And my grandpa and me go, could you just tell the guy thank you? <laughs> right? I just wanted him to say thank you. And we get so used to the goodness of God, we don't even recognize the need to go, thanks, God. I'm sorry. How did I get all of this and not go, thank you? God, do something in us. Help us realize the goodness of our God. Help us recognize that there's a miracle around us at all times. And God's doing things. We just get used to not recognizing it. As a believer, we have so much to be thankful for. And if you're a believer today, you know that you have something to be thankful for and that it came directly from the hand and heart of God. That touch, that truth, that moment when God directly connected you uh, with you on a personal level and you knew, he knew you, loved you, and accepted you. And if you don't know that today, I want you to know that today. I want you to start your story today. I want you to recognize God. So the first thing is we have praise to give. Secondly, we have a story to tell. In this second verse, you're going 43 verses, and we're on verse 2. Okay, I'm going to move along. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what the King James, or New, uh, King James says. But it says in the NIV, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. That's what happens when we praise. When we praise God, we're telling our story. We're saying it. We're broadcasting. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. I'm just telling you, you are a gathering point of the goodness of God. Every person in this room came from somewhere else. You came from some crazy family. You came from... Some failures. You came from, <laughs> you came from some successes. You came from different educations. You came from different places, and God chose to put you right here today. And He brought you in, and I love that. Those He redeemed. That redeem means to act as a kinsman, to avenge, to revenge, to put ransom for, to pay ransom for. He redeemed you. And I love this word gathered. It's, it's, a, it's a Hebrew word, but it means to collect and assemble. Isn't that powerful? That he took you from East Texas or from California, from wherever, and he collected you and he assembled you for a very purpose and a very powerful reason that out of that gathering, out of that connection, I love what Mark said. He says Christ is holy, and, and uh, he makes us holy. But I love this scripture, and I, I don't know the address. I'm sorry. But it says, set apart Christ as Lord, and be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks you of the hope that's within you. 
Set apart Christ as Lord. He's holy. Set apart. Stop making him just part of your story. Make him the story. Yeah. he's, He's wanting to make himself known. He's making himself known when we recognize the goodness of God. I always, I make a quick remark sometimes. Well, it takes all kinds, right? Sounds like a great attitude when I say that. It just takes all kinds. Well, the truth is it does. God takes all kinds. And he puts them together. And your weakness is someone else's strength. And your strength is somebody else's weaknesses. He goes, I've collected you together. I'm doing something dynamic in the heavenlies. Uh, the, the, you may have had unchurched background. You may have grown up in church. You may have some crazy family dynamics. You, you, you may have experienced something extraordinary. But God is absolutely working your story out. And this passage here tells us four stories. And we're going to go through those. Story number one, lost in the desert. Lost in the desert. And some wandered in desert lands. And please, some of you may have experienced all these. Some of you just partially. But listen to this. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty. Listen to the story how he identifies this. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. It was just disintegrating, and what did they do? Can, can you see this? Can you read that line, underlined it? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Something happened. Just going, man, God. They cried out to the Lord. Before I... I comment too much about the scripture. We're in the first story, but I want to notice something in each one of these stories. Is that in each one of these four stories, they cried out to the Lord. And he delivered them from the trouble. And he says, so first we have praise to give. We have a story to tell. The third thing we have, and I don't want you to forget, is we have a cry to express. We got to learn how to cry right. Not whine. No whiners here we got to learn how to cry right, right? I mean, you know the difference in your child and when they're whining and when they're crying, right? It's, it's, there's, the reason we're challenged with crying before the Lord is like, I guarantee you it's not your first time. God, you hear me all the time doing this. It's like, it doesn't bother you. Are you really crying or are you just whining? And it's like, God... I really need to cry right now out to you. Verse 7 and 9 says, He led them by a straight way to a city. This was these people who were thirsty and dying and ebbing away. And he says they cried out to him. And in verse 7, he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. They were, and when you study this and they were in the desert lost, they were on the backside of the backside of the desert. That's the description. Absolutely out in the boonies of the desert. And he goes, go this way. And led them straight to a place where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Maybe that's your story. You have experienced life in its desperate position. And you've absolutely been so full of thirst for something. Something that gave you life. And it was God that showed up. You cried out to him. He showed up. And now that's not only a memory. It evokes praise out of your mouth. 
And you go, I know that story. That's my story. Story number two, stuck in prison. Verse 10 says, some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. Listen to this, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. They're just going, nope, I don't want God. I don't want anything to do with him. And some of you may experience this. You know, I, I'm not doing that. I'm mad at the preacher. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at the church, whatever it's mad at. Not doing that anymore, and you've been on your journey. You've been on a long stretch and just go, I don't want that. So verse 12 says, so he subjected them to bitter labor, and they stumbled, and there was no help. Wow. It just wore them out. This is, man, life is just, I don't want God, but I don't, you're not doing it. We have people in our facility that, can barely walk, and they're going, no, I'm not getting out of this bed. You're not going to tell me to get out of this bed. We're trying to help you walk. Trying to help you. And God's saying, listen, some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering iron change because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. And he just says, hey man, you may have experienced, you may have had a season in your life you didn't like God. You didn't like what God was up to. You didn't like how God was running business. And then you came back. And you know what it's like to you know what it's like to go, God, I'm sorry. I don't know what that was. That was a long, bad day. And you come back and you just go, and that's your story. That's part of your story. <clears throat> you were stuck in prison. You didn't even know it. You thought you were free doing your own thing. Yeah, you know, the whole thing, I, I, it's amazing Watch Alice Cooper. I don't know if you've ever seen him, his testimony. But he says, man, it, when I realize I'm, you know, I'm going to hell, I'm without God. I'll never see any anybody that I've, like, this is the best it's ever going to get for me. It changed his mind. Helped him realize. Brian Welch, lead singer of Corn, same thing. Man, when I realized my life was going to be without God, I thought I was living in hell, and it gets worse. <laughs> And he says, I needed some. He, he was that thirsty person, that desperate individual who thought he didn't need anything, didn't need God. And he comes to him. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. You know what that darkness is? The idea that you can see everything clearly in total darkness. That you have great perspective and you can't see a thing. And he says, I'll... He shined the light on their lives. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. Story three is suffering from iniquities, and this is a very interesting part of this. It's a different story, and this might be for someone in this room, but it's in verse 17 of Psalms 107. Some fools through their rebellious ways, I'm sorry, I think I'm in the wrong page. Yes, 
That is correct. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. In other words, they just started declining because it was such a difficult time in their life. This rebellion, this transgression is a revolt, a rebellion against God. It creates an affliction, and it means to press down, to be bowed down, to be made low, downcast. I believe it is the key source of depression in our, our society today. I'm not saying if you have depression, you're being rebellious. I'm just saying in our society today, there's such a high level of depression, and it's mostly because of this aggression, this, this resistance toward God. And God says, you come under affliction. A coworker and I was talking the other day, and she says, you know, I, I, I said, have you ever prayed over your house? She goes, what? And I, I was trying to feel her out where she was, you know, are you spiritual or not spiritual? Am I going to be wooed or, or what? And I said, you know, have, have you ever prayed over? She goes, why do you ask me that? Well, I don't know. I'm just curious. She goes, there's weird things that happens at my house. Doors open. Things are moved. I have all kinds of weird stuff happen. Why would you ask me that? Because. So now I'm going, okay, now how do you get into this conversation? I said, well, I've prayed over house. She goes, well, I've, you know, I've, I've done sage and I've done all of these things. I said, yeah, they kind of, spirits kind of laugh at that kind of thing. And she goes, well, then what gives you authority? <laughs> what, what gives you the power? I go, oh, man. I said, I've seen this happen. I pray over houses all the time. I, people have shadows in their houses and things like that. I don't go chasing this. I had a great pastor speaking my life. He says, you don't have to go after it. When it comes to you, you know God's given you the authority. You don't have to chase And that's been true my whole I've never chased it down. When it comes, I go, oh, he's given me authority because it came to me. And she goes, man, I've been held down by a spirit before. And I'm praying for her. I'm still not there yet. But do you know why God's given me authority? Because the same reason he's given you authority. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to figure it all out. I just have to know that I have a bigger story than that spirit because I know who the Savior is and the Lord is. And we got, we got to talking. It was, it was interesting, the, the concerning experiences in her home, strange events and unnerving encounters, and I asked if she had ever cleansed her home. And I said, I, we'll, she wants me to come and do it. And I go, we, we got to get some other things in life, right? I don't want to empty a house and you just welcome it right back. So we're waiting on another conversation on that. As you know, there's no quick, simple answer to dealing with spiritual issues sometimes. What there is and an absolute fact that goes across the board in that God loves us and that he is passionate toward us and that he wants to establish his truth in us. And, and, and when we, I, I, I'm a redeemed person, that's what I can do. Telling my story 
It's amazing when someone hears your story of God showing up that they have more belief that God will show up in their story. That's, that's what it is about sharing. Because I told her, I said, well, I didn't know where to go with this. Holy Spirit, you know, how you do this. Oh, the Holy Spirit, help me, help me. And, it's, and I said, and just, he said, tell, him, tell her of your healings. Just like I told you earlier about me as a kid. I said, I've been healed three times, without a doubt. It was God all the time. She goes, what? She goes, I'm interested in this. This was her word. I'm interested in this. I said, well, maybe you can go to church with me sometime. She goes, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, do y'all do that kind of stuff? I go, we just seek God. But I've been healed three times. Without a doubt, it was God's hand. See, now, she has belief because of my story to believe that could be part of her story. That's what your testimony is. That you say it where my story becomes part of your story. My dad's story and the other stories. And it evokes praise. Because I'm telling you a story right now, and the Holy Spirit is telling you stories about yourself. You know you've been healed sometimes. You saw God come through. I, I told her, I said there, I, I mean, I was thinking, God just downloaded, like, all the memories of things he showed up. In college, Pastor John, I love the guy. If y'all don't like him, there's something wrong with you. And, and Pastor Gwen, what a, what a wonderful, sweet couple. But my brother and I, I was going to Bible school. We could not pay for the heat in our house. And, and we had gone about two weeks without heat. And we didn't know. And I said, God, help me, help me. I don't know what else to do. I'm working everywhere I can work, and I'm trying to pay off the bills. And I go home, and in my door is an envelope for the exact amount of my gas in my, in my house. Now, getting it, here's two things. Somebody is really hearing God, right, to get it down to the penny. And it could have gone and all. But I didn't go pray and realize, God, I need, I, I need uh, someone, I need, I need our heat. I didn't say it. Somebody heard God. And I, on cold days, I just remember how good God is. You have stories like that. Psalms 107, 17 says, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. And he sent out his word and healed them. There was this raiment of God, this voice of God, this spirit of the Lord. And he goes, mm. We're not messing with that anymore. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thanks offerings and tell of his good works or his works with songs of joy. And God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, you're worthy of all our praise. And this morning we stand as, as, as a, a just voice boxes of the goodness of God. He is manifest. Here's, here's story number four, and it's trouble on the sea. It's verse 17 or verse 23. Some went out, and this is, the other was one challenge. This one is this challenge. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants in the mighty uh, waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up in the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril and their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. 
then they cried out to the Lord. We need to learn how to cry out to God. The, the merchants on the water, you know who they are? They're people who's taken a risk in their life to do something greater for themselves. I mean, in a good way. They're entrepreneurs. They're people who say, should I, should I step out on this job? Should, I, should we financially do this right now? And these guys get in a storm, and they're trying to really be entrepreneurs on the sea, and they, the waves are crashing all around them, and absolutely they cry out to the God. Notice these merchants of the mighty waters. And here's what he says, and he stilled the storm to whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. I'd be glad too. They were glad when it, uh, it grew calm, and he guided them to their, their desired haven. I want to read something a friend of mine sent me yesterday. He texted me, my urologist and my oncologist who recently saw my stage 4 metastatic cancerous tumor spread to my lymph node, rendered that this would likely be the illness that would take my life. With thousands of prayers and faith in God and His promises, my oncologist, who is a Christian, had me take a few body labs and new scans. He called me back to Dallas because he moved to Tyler. He called me back to Dallas just before July the 4th and said, we did not see any cancer in your limb. And stage 4 cancer that was spreading quickly is now undetectable. I have been praising God mightily and will never stop. I, I, uh, I can hear him say that too. I'm going to praise God mightily. See, here's a, you're crying out to God passionately, but you're magnifying God. And I'll never stop, he says. Our Father is real and He is good. He is faithful. He is true. Thank you for your prayers. I celebrate with you. My God is good. The Bible says He turns the rivers into desert and turns the desert into rivers. Your problem is no problem for Him. Let the one who is wise heed these things. Ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Listen, God's got something for you today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you fit in one of these stories. But he gives us four stories that we can just go, you know, maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're, you know, it's not going to go well for you. Or maybe you're in the need of God doing something in your life. But I'm telling you today, he absolutely knows where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We seek you. We need you. We ask for you to show up today. I pray that, God, if anyone has just been in a prison, someone has stepped out in faith and they're on a sea, God, their story is just becoming a challenge, and they're needing you in a desperate and a mighty way, God. Today, would you show up? Lord, would you speak clearly? Would you give in a very mighty way today the truth of your word? Speak it from heaven.
Won't you stand with me this morning? This morning, if you're just saying, I, I, need, a, I need to add to my story today. I need, to, I need God to show up. I need God to do something deliberate and powerful. I want you to just raise your hand right where you're at. This may be different for you, but I'm going to ask you to do it. Some of you need some financial challenge. Some of you need physical challenges. So, Father, today, as we just say, you are God. You are mighty. You're worthy to be praised. You are good. Everything about me says you're angry, mad, or discarding me, but that's not the truth today. God loves you. And his word is just declaring that this morning. He is a good God, and he wants to speak life into you. So this morning, God, as we yield up, I'm just asking God, would you put a few more chapters in our book? Would you add to our stories today of the goodness of God? That God, not only would we remind, be reminded of the goodness of God, but that we would get new stories to tell about the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you today that you're not done, you're starting again. And we receive your full work, God. We receive the full work of Christ in our lives, over our bodies, over our finances, over our minds, over our health, over our relationships. That, God, we receive the full work of God. And we base that on true stories of the goodness of God. We base that on stories that evokes praise that causes us to, to proclaim the goodness of our God. And we give you thanks today. We give you praise today. You're so worthy to be adored, worthy to be exalted today. Lord, I pray our mouths will be full of testimony of the goodness of God. Lord, I, I, I pray for that healing. I pray for that restoration. God, we pray for clarity, for distinctive lines and a path to take for those who are struggling in a journey. Lord, we receive of you this morning. And I just want you to, if you're just saying, I need God today. I need Christ today to come in my life. I don't even know who he is or I'm far from him or I'm just... I got on the sideline. I need to get back in there. I just want you to just pray this prayer with me. Would all of you pray this? Dear Lord God, come into my life. Start a new story in me. And give me a truth that I can share with others. I pray for your power and your wisdom to see things through. Thank you for loving me. I accept your goodness to me, and I will follow you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks this morning. Amen. 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 How wonderful. Let's just give Neil, let's just give him a hand in honor, gratitude. Thank you, Neil. Wow, extremely eye-opening. If you feel like you have an absolutely new perspective, just raise your hand. Absolutely new perspective. Listen, all everything about my situation changes initially when my perspective changes. I don't know the way out until I know where he is. When I see him, when I see rightly, then everything changes because I know my destination is different than what I just previously thought. So Neil, thank you so much.
for just clearly articulating and taking us through the Word of God. Let's just pray and take a moment to give thanks, to, to absolutely give thanks and also cry out to the Lord and just ask Him before we go. Lord, we thank You so much for Your loving kindness, Your goodness, Your gentleness, and Your patience for us. You use all things for us. You use all things to bring us back into Your glory, back into Your rest, Father. I pray that You would give us, Lord, give us some focus that our eye would be single and clear, that we would focus on You, that we wouldn't miss the, the amazing story that You're telling in our lives. Lord, You know all the wonderful, perfect ingredients that make a life wonderful and worth living. Living with You, God, and living aware of You and Your 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 your. Your, your presence and your closeness, it just makes everything worth living. It makes our life so wonderful. You fill our life with good things. Lord, just give us an eye. Give us, give us a, the ability to, to notice what you're doing. Father, we ask for the discipline. We all ask for the discipline to ponder, to tend to, to take care of the words and, and the deeds and the stories that you've given to us. We so greatly cherish all that you've given us. Lord, help us that we would not let the fire go out. That we wouldn't grow tired or weary of all the good things that you're doing, Father, in our life. We take the moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. If it's your first time, we welcome you. We bless you. And now you're dismissed. Be blessed and you're going.